0: What i like to do on the podcast is to consistently try new things and keep expanding my connection to you with the educational leader the aspire mailbag is one way to gather your questions and provide responses but i really wanted to go further with the process to give immediate feedback and resources this week i've created a leadership community on voxer called the aspire leadership group which includes some amazing leaders such as jeff Gargas, sarah johnson and tim cavey this community is created to provide support and enhance your leadership journey Boxer is a free app, so make sure you join today. Speaking of trying new things, in this 10th Aspire Mailbag episode, Jeff Gargas and I answer questions on different leadership topics provided by the listeners during the Teach Better 12-hour live event. Please join us for this episode as Jeff and I answer questions on preparing for the upcoming school year, including parents and professional development, racial inequity, and share some exciting Teach Better announcements for upcoming events. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire: The Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. So, this next guy, don't you we shake guys your head are at me? We're
1: doing an episode of a great podcast together. From what I hear, I don't know. He's
2: down there shaking his head at me. I might not bring him back.
1: That's because he secretly wants to be talking to me. Hi, Josh.
0: Hi, Ray. Well, oh, you're here now.
1: He, he wants to be talking to me, but he's allowing you to be live with us.
0: This is so, true. I've actually been thinking about doing the Aspire mailbag with you, Ray, instead of Jeff, but I haven't know, really made that decision yet.
1: I would be honored, but you did, <laughs> you did tell me that Jeff was your favorite. I know I'm number two in your mind, but with you, I'm okay. I'm okay being second. It's okay.
0: Thank you,
2: Ray. Uh, Facebook user, whoever that was that asked about Allison, yes, you did hear Allison Apsy. So super excited. The great Allison Apsey. Yes, the great Allison Ampsey. Josh, how are you doing, brother?
0: I'm great. You
2: I'm, I'm living hair up hair. in the
0: Texas sun down here, man. Yeah? Yeah, it's site is scorching hot. Um,
2: <laughs> normally, when we do our mailbag, it's super late at night, and we're both kind of yes. like, hey, man, how you doing? Huh? I'm good, man. You good? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like that right now, because we've been live for how long, Ray?
1: Oh, 11 10 11 hours.
2: Ten and a half hours. So it's been a while. It's been crazy. Alex is already asking a question.
1: Of course. Why he has the double <laughs> underscore in his name?
0: Why the double underscore? As far as I know, you just like
2: because why not? But I don't think that's actually the real reason. Is it a real uh, reason? I would love to it? say
0: it's because I wanted to be unique, but that was because there was already a Joshua stamper who is a musician, and then there was a Joshua underscore stamper who hasn't been active for years. So interesting. What else to do but the double underscore?
1: Uh Shelly Burgess, to confirm Shelly Burgess's question, Shelly Burgess wants to know. Sorry, I'm missing the 12-hour live. Can I go back and watch all 12 hours of the event? The answer is yes, just to confirm. Yeah,
2: so the, the, live, yeah, the live videos will be stored. You, you should be, you'd be able to go back right now and watch on the Facebook page or in the Facebook group and on YouTube. So it is two different videos because Facebook cuts us off at eight hours. So at 4 o'clock Eastern, we cut it, started a new stream, and that's where we're at now. So it's eight hours and then four hours, assuming we stop at four. All right. I keep joking with Ray that we're going to keep going, uh, but, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. So anyway, I don't think um, I've
1: ever been this unprofessional the, on a video. I am I exhausted.
2: By the way, just because she just messaged, what was that, a tweet or, or a text or what?
1: She tweeted us.
2: Okay, so just, I hope she's watching. I hope she blushes, but Shelly is one of my favorite people in the entire world. I adore her to a level that's probably illegal. that sounded bad that's not what i I didn't mean that to sound bad she's awesome i she's a dear friend i I, i'm so honored to know her anyway uh and dave's pretty cool too not gonna lie anyway josh so we're doing we didn't talk about how we're gonna do this like we didn't prep like are you gonna do like your intro like you normally would or or just well we can
0: we can discuss to the viewers who are watching now if they've never heard the podcast we can at least tell them the premise i guess okay yeah so let's yeah let's do that go ahead go
1: I'm going to let mounted? you guys do this wonderfulness. I have a few things I need to go run and do, like let the dogs out, but I will be back.
2: So in case anyone was still trying to figure out who let the dogs out, it was Ray. Wow.
1: He just kicked himself out and not me. I just want the world to know. <laughs> <laughs> he wants me to say, I'm fine to hang out with you, Josh. You know I adore you. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I'm all about it. <laughs> I put two.
2: Anyway, wow so mad at me.
0: of course when she starts throwing love my way that's when you decide to kick her out thanks we've
2: though. done, we've done I, so okay i just i gotta be i've done that more times than i should <laughs> you, you did start it earlier so i just want to make sure that we're aware of who started I
1: just want the world to know the only reason i'm not flicking you off is because we're live just
2: <laughs> she 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 she'll get me later don't worry i will pay for everyone. <laughs> i promise anyway I can't first while she's not here so she can't hear me so I'll say it but I I cannot I cannot believe that woman is still live with me this entire time and putting up with me. Uh so could actually. I know we goof and I push her out and stuff like that and I make her mad but <laughs> I, she's one of my best friends in the world and I couldn't imagine doing 12 hours live with anybody else. So now we're here so we've got 25 minutes. Do you want to just roll with it? Do you have questions already? I haven't looked at I, I don't have any. I do have questions. I, look, I
0: yeah. So just okay. for those who haven't Let's listened to the Aspire Mailbag with myself and Jeff Gargis, um, we put those out. I don't know. What are we? We're not once a week, but every other week. take take yeah. once a week. Yeah. And we have, on average. We've and had, we've had
2: multiple weeks in a row.
0: Yeah. And so we've done nine episodes. And what we like to do is just ask on Twitter, Instagram, and Voxer for any leadership questions. And then what we typically do is we answer five questions each episode and usually get an update on what's going on with the teach better world. Well, we've been updating that all day. So you <laughs> have some that we, cause you reached out over the last like 24, 36 hours
2: on yeah. media. People have sent those in. So let's start with that. But if anybody comments here, we'll take those questions too. And we'll, we'll save some of those for, for feature stuff. So, but this would be episode number 10,
0: which is kind of cool. I know. I kind of want to roll with it. All right. All right. What's our first question? What do we got? Okay. So I think he was with you earlier today, uh, Dave Schmidtoe. Oh, yeah. Our buddy sure. and pal. He, uh, he, we do know that guy. He sent us a question and he, he stated, let's see, this is a trying time. How do we as leaders balance our personal agendas, passions, and priorities if they don't necessarily perfectly align with those of our organization? Should we remain silent or be free to speak up and speak out?
2: Mm. When our when our personal agendas don't necessarily line up with that the, of the of our, our, just The organization in general, should we... But I think it's, if you're, if you're in a leadership position or you're trying to, to become a leader, I think it's really important to speak out mm-hmm. in a respectful manner. Take whatever the, the channels are that are supposed to be taken in order to voice um, opinions or concerns or whatever it might that you have. But I think it's important for you to speak out for, for a few reasons. One, you shouldn't be okay working somewhere where you don't align with them. Yes. Um, but also it's, it's, that shows leadership that you're willing to speak. And I also believe that like, it's really important that your leaders, if you're speaking up to a leader and, or if you're speaking you know, side by side to other leaders, that it's really important that you all align it with the right thing. And that doesn't mean it's always going to be perfect, always going to be always 100% aligned. But I think it's really important that those conversations are had so that adjustments can be made because you never know, it might not align with what your leadership team has in place or where the organization is, is currently going, but you speaking up and voicing a It may not be a concern. Maybe it's just a different idea, a different direction. could be the thing that changes the way you guys look at it. Or it could Mm -hmm. be the thing that tells you you're in the wrong spot. And there's a lot of things there. So
0: that's my my initial there. What do you got? No, I'd agree. I would say, especially no matter where you're at in that organization, you don't have to have a leadership title to speak up for what is right Mm -hmm. and what you're passionate about. A lot of times people are afraid to speak up. And so they may feel the exact same way as you, but they don't have the courage to actually say something. And so when you're the one that steps up in that organization and, and states what you think is the right thing to do, pretty soon then you, you have other people that are backing you up in that. And before you know it, it's more of a movement than an initiative and you get that buy-in. And maybe, hopefully you start changing other leaders' minds as far as what that passion is and what you think is, is right. I think every leader needs to speak up. You shouldn't be silent. It's gonna eat away inside of you every single day. And no leader should go through feeling that way every single day i don't think you can be an effective leader um, if you're not standing up for what you believe in agreed josh your website what's the website josh stamper.com josh stamper.com right yeah put that in the
2: comments there and then uh lance yeah lance um so the way we typically do this typically this is you know something we record and josh edits and puts up and stuff so we sound a lot cooler (laughs) Um, uh, and we take these questions from his uh, audience that they submit on social media but you're here right now if you have a question like we'll, we'll chat through it as well. Thanks to that, a post in there, Josh, what's let's do question number two.
0: Sure. So this one's from Matt Dunbar and yeah, Matt's awesome. So he asks, what suggestions do you have to effectively communicate with families and the larger community about the importance and necessity of cultural responsiveness work? We have been training staff for years, but it seems to be a logical next step for bettering our community.
2: Wow. I think the key is that you're already there. And the fact that you're thinking about it, it's now taking action, like actually move on that and have Mm -hmm. the conversations open up, find, I I think a big piece would be figure out how your community as a whole, the the most effective ways to communicate anything with them and then start communicating with them and asking them and finding out where they're at. um, And how can we best have this, you know, these conversations and open up public spots, public places for them to, have conversations, pose questions, pose challenges. Yeah. Um, potentially, maybe it's maybe it's run open seminars or workshops around it. And mm-hmm. you know, you could even say like, hey, this is things that we've been working on as a as a t- as staff with our teachers. We want you to be not only be aware of what we're working on, but if you want to take a part of this and be part of it, we're trying to have a bigger impact on our community. I think sharing what you're trying to do with them, and then trying to talk with people and figure out wh- where do where would you want to get this if you're interested what's the best way to get this to you? Mm-hmm. Do you want newsletters? Do you want live video? Do you want in-person training? If we can, obviously with, with guidelines and stuff, what is the best method for this? So I think it's a kind of a, a multi-step of figuring out how to communicate with them, what they want to know, where they're at, and then opportunities. I mean, it's just really about open up opportunities, open up the doors to communication is, is the most important piece of that.
0: Yeah, I love what you said, Jeff, because I think so many times as a school, we offer up PD or... type of training to our parents but we say you got to come to us Mm -hmm. and parents are busy and they got a lot of things going on some you know are working like two three jobs and that's not really an option and so i love what you said is you know trying to get that information out to them you know go to their communities go to areas and not just one but go to multiple you know within the school district find ways to get videos out try and find people some experts too Um, especially with what he's talking about with the cultural responsiveness, make sure you find an expert in that. And that's the person that's providing the PD, um, if it's on, you know, anti-racism or something like that. There's so many topics that you, you know, we shouldn't just speak on it in a broad term. We need to find the experts that are already doing the work for years and, and bring them to the district and to the families. And I think him doing that with his staff already is phenomenal. I think every. Every step should be, you know, diving into that topic. But then for him, that would be a next step is to go out to the community and and do the same work because I think that's needed also. So great job, Matt. It's important. All right. Are we on three? Question three? We're on three, man. We got 17 minutes left. And then I got to kick you off.
2: Like, that's just the way it works, dude. I
0: don't know what we're doing for 17 minutes because I I don't have Uh, 17 questions, man.
2: Hans had a nice comment there. Offer dinner and daycare and bring families in. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, uh, great, like specific there, but just in general, remove any hurdles they have, obstacles yep. they have so that they can get into the conversation. Yep. Um, and that's a lot of like talking to them, listening to them, figure out like, what is it? Maybe it's dinner, maybe it's daycare. Maybe there's mm-hmm. other pieces that remove those obstacles so those conversations can be have. Love it, that, yep.
0: Hans. Thank you. Well, that reminds me of what we used to do is we used to go to the apartment complexes. We would you know bring food and then we would just lay out the food, have, you know, offer the kids to come with. You know, worked with the apartment managers to actually get a space for the kiddos to, to play. So we didn't have daycare, but we did have a space for them so that the parents could come in and listen. And, you know, food's always, I mean, food's great with staff, but it's also great for the parents. It gives them something, especially when we try and reach them in the evening when it's the time when they're off of work. What better way to do it than to feed them? So I love that. Yeah, loving it. All right, number right. Uh, question three, right? Question three. Yeah. I was just reading what Holly Stewart was writing. Oh, yeah. This one's actually talk about Hans. Hans dropped this question too. Oh, look at that. So this one's from Hans Apple, who was also on earlier today with you all. The anti-racist movement has reminded us to serve every child for fighting against institutionalized racism. How can white educational leaders fight for equity, inclusion, and opportunity for our fellow black and brown educators? I'm going to echo Adam welcome saying use your voice. You
2: have yeah. a voice, especially if you're a leader, you have a voice. You may have a louder voice, right? I think along with that, I'm going to echo a lot of what we talked about with Shemaine Bertrand earlier today, which is just go learn. Do the self-work first, yep. right? Do that self-work. Admit to yourself what you do or do not know. Build, like, build that quality in you. Build that knowledge in you. Go get the resources. Read a book. Listen to podcasts. Talk to people. Have conversations. Have conversations with your Staff with your community, and and with your students, so that you can be as as better as you can be around all that, and then use your voice. and And I think Adam said it really well, where he said, "No one has perfect words. No one's going to say it perfectly. No. But you still have a voice." So I think yeah. that that that's how you fight for them is with the voice that you have that they may not have, both in mm-hmm. your school and in your community, possibly in our in our nation. Right? You have a voice that's that's most likely louder than they're able to have right now. So you utilize that voice and bring others with you to bring their voices together to be even louder for those kids. I think that's, that's
0: where I'm at. Yep. And I think you definitely need to assess yourself first, get that knowledge and then assess every aspect of your school. You know, our system is built on a racist segregated system and it hasn't been too long since there's been integration between all races into school. It's only been 60 years. So obviously there's some, some things that are occurring. And if you look at the data as far as academics and discipline, like a disproportionate amount of black students that are not doing well in the current system. So instead of ignoring it and not having discussions and not talking about it and not truly doing an assessment about of, of changing policies and procedures, first off, we need to accept that there is a problem, mm-hmm. assess ourselves assess the system, and like you said, we need to make sure that we're diving in and getting the resources that we need to make sure that we're making the appropriate decisions to make sure that we're fighting for our black students. Um, Can we take some live questions here? Got a couple of them. We got two
2: two left that I think we can do. Well, we'll go right to the hour. We'll we'll do what we can here. So Lance says, okay, question. With new teachers coming in this year with limited student teaching, how do we Mm adjust traditional new teacher induction and prioritize topics? Josh, this is something that you're dealing with right now, too, right? So a lot yeah. of these teachers that are coming out of the programs got their student teaching cut off, potentially, yeah. um, or just didn't way away. Some of them hopefully got to transition to remote. Some of them might not have just got to the point where they're like, I guess I don't get to finish this. Yeah. What are you guys doing to... Adjust the way you've always brought them on versus to to now. Like, how do we make sure they get what they really need, and we fill that gap that they might have had formed, while also still prior prioritizing what what needs to be, you know, taken care of, and and yes. keep all your other teachers up to date too.
0: Yeah, so typically that doesn't start until when we come back, so that's in August. But because of what's going on with COVID and the distance learning, we've actually started that process already. So we have a couple new teachers that we just hired. Um, but it doesn't matter if they're a first year teacher or a, a 16 year veteran and they're new to our campus. We've, we've kind of started that onboarding process already. And so we started that virtually. And then we've also, because of the percentage of who's allowed in the campus, we, we broke it up. So we had it. So, um, in shifts come to the campus and do our tour and show them the classroom, and start working through that work through all the technology stuff with our uh, DLC, um, with videos, having trainings that way, uh, virtually and, uh, through zoom. Um, so we're just trying to hit it hard because we're having to space it out. You know, we can't just do the in-person training as everyone's um, going through that process. And then also making sure that we're connecting them with their mentors and with their teams early. So that way they're already connected, starting to dive into the curriculum, starting to have those conversations now, months before this the beginning of the year. And I think it's just a matter of being intentional to be working on the preparation piece and giving as much support as we possibly can. And thankfully, like they're hungry. They want to start, they want to get that information. So they're they're ready to go now. Um but yeah, it's it's just been a lot different than in previous years.
2: And that's what we've we've heard a lot of that talk with leaders, is is it's just it, the fact of the matter is you gotta kinda start a little earlier, you gotta give yep. them access to it earlier. Um we've talked to some that are that are utilizing their, you know, Google Classroom, squally, whatever it might be, and giving that info in there so that they can get it at their own pace and that might be now and so that they're a little bit there's further ahead than they would have been normal coming because there's more that we have to do at this point. So yep. good question there. Um, Alex question has, the we've got another one. Is this number five? We got like 10 minutes. We'll see if we can get further through. Alex says, I have been hearing and reading a lot about how we need more people of color in upper leadership and admin roles. How do I as a white male seek a leadership role when I may be taking a position a qualified person of color could have been given, or is that the wrong way to think about this issue? I think the fact that you're thinking about it is a good thing, Alex, but I think the better question mm-hmm. is not what if I take it from them, but it's more, what can I do to make sure that that's those qualified individuals are getting the opportunities that they haven't gotten before? Yeah. Because then that question yeah. that you're asking yourself, the, the, the problem is not that you may be taken. The problem is that that's a question in your mind at all. Cause it shouldn't be because there should have never been this issue where we don't have enough, uh, Uh, educators of color in those positions. So it's, I think the better question is, how do I, as a white male seeking leadership, how do I help make sure that we can get rid of this, this problem that we have? How do I help others in my educator, uh, you know, professionals of color that are trying to get these positions? How do I make sure that the right people, whatever my reach is in my district, in my state, in my country are getting the opportunities that they have been denied for so long? I think that's the better question to be asking. I don't think any of those of your qualified, uh, you know, educators of color that would want you to not get a position just because they were qualified. They just want this. We want the same opportunity for all of us. Right. Yep. I think that's the question. That's what we have to go for. Um, Angela, you said, yes, Jeff. And I'm looking at your posted here now. So I appreciate that a lot. I'm going to read it. Um, Angela says, Alex, I think it's more about how many candidates were passed over because, yes, exactly, yes. passed over because they were people of color. Yep. Uh, those candidates should be e- given equal chance. Sadly, I know people who were talked out of, of it and told that certain areas, schools, districts don't give opportunities. So I don't think it's, it's it really isn't. She touches this. It's, yeah. it's not about taking away from just an equal playing field. It's heartbreaking. Exactly. Um, some of the things that have been uh, shared with her about that. And I think that's the, I, I, I agree. I think that's that's what it is it's it's how do we beat the because the root problem is not the root problem there alex is not that you're a white male trying to be better that's not the problem the problem is that there's so many uh, educators of colors that that have not had the opportunity or like angela said have been talked out of it so they haven't even tried for it because you'll never get it there you know they don't you know they don't give opportunities i mean there's so much of that that it really is like it surely is heartbreaking and, and it's an issue and i think it just goes along with so many of the other things that we're trying to talk more about now that we're seeing uh more and more people open their eyes up to and i think uh so i, I think it's a great question to ask but i want you to ask the other question what can i do to make it so that that doesn't need to be asked anymore I that's that's the key there
0: Yep. yeah there's uh, just so many more barriers yeah that We need to break down
2: yeah, it, it's and it's a shame that they're there, but they, mm-hmm. you know, w- we need to we need to continue to speak. And Alex, I know that you're someone that talked earlier, You're already reading. You're trying to learn, trying to grow, and that's those are the first steps. That like we talked about already. That self work, and then how can I then be better to help that? So yep. Uh, thank you, uh, Angel. Really appreciate your thoughts on that as well. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, great answer, Angel. Uh, Josh, we got about seven minutes left. Uh, I do want to. I do want to make sure I we have a I, I set up a special code for our teachbetterswag.com, twenty five percent off your entire order if you use the code aspire a s p i r e which is obviously the name of Josh's podcast which we just did a live episode for we'll about to wrap it up Josh anything you want to share like as far yeah. Around? This. We oh, know, I didn't um, even really have you like talk about yourself. I didn't even realize. Let us assume everyone <laughs> knows you. Can you share a little bit about you? I mean, obviously you host, yeah. host the podcast, but tell us about you real quick.
0: Real quick. So I'm a assistant principal in the North Texas area, and so I've been doing that for about seven years. But then, yeah, I have a podcast that I created two years ago. Um, just had the second birthday not too long ago, and it's Aspire the leadership development podcast. And really, the mission behind that was just to help you know like, people like Alex trying to figure out what they're going to do with their skills and and to help them in their development and their leadership journey. So love it. It's been a passion project of mine. And then, of course, um, it's been an honor to partner with you and the Teach Better team with doing the Aspire mailbag.
2: All right, so go to teachbetterspire.com. Use Aspire. Get 25% off. Go subscribe to the podcast. We're going to get one more in, Josh. Lance asks, if if you need another question, what is the best school celebration you have had? I'm going to let you take that. And We'll wrap up that
0: way. School celebration. Honestly, so what we've done in the past is we've had our eighth grade walk where they walked the entire building and the the whole students, you know, they, they celebrate with them. And, um, then they ended up, um, the front of the building at the end and all the parents are out there and it's a big, huge party and, you know, you get the whole warm fuzzies and everything and it's wonderful. And, um, I love that, but honestly doing the draw, the celebration this year with eighth graders doing the, the, by car, doing the. The parade around and having you know the whole staff there and having the parents actually involved in that and experience it, it's it was quite different and I I really enjoyed it um, and I think everyone did because what happens is the parents don't get to experience the walk inside the building all they get is a bunch of crying kids coming out <laughs> <laughs> and so they're like what happened <laughs> like and they're trying to get that information and this time you know we had rows and rows of grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins and like it was it had a more of a family feel to it and so that started the conversation of like what what can we do to kind of either merge the two or or just stay with the parade that we did this year because we had the same feel the whole community feeling and the party and the celebration but it just seemed like so many more people got to participate from the community and we really like that aspect so i don't know if i truly answer that question but that's kind of the the direction we're going i liked it i was good with that
2: um <laughs> so go follow the podcast uh josh's handle is upward underneath him right now josh will underscore times two so underscore underscore stamper yep. uh, ray's literally stretching right now she's getting warmed up i'm gonna bring there's ray hi ray hey, ray back. Hi. are you gonna come back awesome josh really appreciate you brother uh of course Lance said that is really cool. The school parade was a highlight for us. Um, we got to do that. We did a reverse parade where we drove through, and all the te- teachers were out there for my my kids, which was just fun for them to see teachers and yeah. Oh, I knew I see that teacher in the hallway all the time, and you know it wasn't their teaching stuff. They just they they. It was really cool. So those are really special things, especially when we haven't been able to see yeah uh educators for a while so sure. uh, appreciate it um josh appreciate you, brother these have been appreciate fun. You both. 10 i love it it's great no, no,
0: number 10 man all
2: right brother we will see you um soon josh is also part of the the kickoff event in july which we talked about yes. this this week uh i said this week it's just been today that i'm thinking <laughs> feels, feels, like it, feels like a week a week feels like a week so anyway <laughs> uh appreciate you brother Take care. Uh, uh, take care and uh we'll we'll see you. I'll talk to you probably on like Monday to do another episode. Let's do that. Yeah, now. let's do it. Man. Cool. Wait. All right, brother. Good right. to see you guys.
0: Thank you all for listening to the 10th Aspire Mailbag. If you have any leadership questions, make sure that you send those in via Twitter, Instagram, or Voxer. The Aspire leadership group that was just created, we are definitely taking questions from that whole crew. And then also you can drop questions in the Aspire Facebook page. So make sure you go on any of those social media outlets to send in your leadership questions.